welcome in. Off and running on another episode of What's the Spread, a conference championship edition of What's the Spread. Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas, after a wild weekend of football that we just had, we are down to four teams and possibly one of the best and most competitive Final Fours we've ever seen. Yeah, man, this is exciting. Dude, it actually felt kind of weird. Last week, I won every bet except the Mahomes travesty. Like, I was looking back at my bet slip, and I was like, wow, I hit the teaser. Wow, I hit all of the spreads. Mahomes gets hurt. The only bet I don't win, but compared to the week before, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, let's let's, let's go ahead and start there. Great, great weekend, by the way. Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, the storylines are all over the place. Just as far as a couple of hours ago, I hear reports that somebody (laughs) saw Patrick Mahomes walking without a boot. This is getting ridiculous. The fact of the matter is, it's the Cincinnati Bengals as a one-point right now as a one-point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. A rematch of the AFC Championship game. Uh, Man, where to start on this one? Man, this is an interesting one. Like I, I think about everything that has happened in the past few meetings between these teams. The Bengals own the Chiefs, and you know that's got to be stuck in Mahomes' mind, right? I handicapped this match, and I'm going to handicap it as if Mahomes is 100%, because the last thing that I want to do is handicap this as a hobbled Mahomes and think that Mahomes comes out 100%, and I'm just, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Mahomes was for 400 yards. I actually had the Bengals to win this game, but in my right mind, I can't take the Bengals as a favorite, we still have to worry about the offensive line issues. And it's going to be evident. The Bengals themselves are coming off a great, great win. Now we look at the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs come off a great one. They they held on and survived. I think they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. But one thing I see today, you know, with Mahomes and his his injury, he looked great. I don't care. I'm going to pretend he's 100%. I think the, I think the Chiefs will be able to throw the ball I think the Chiefs will be able to run the ball with Pacheco. This is the first test, the first true test in a long time that the Bengals are going to have when stopping the run because so many teams the Bengals have played have been so one-dimensional where if they take out one aspect of the game, they can shut down the run. And I think Pacheco, he's a nasty, hard, hard runner. I think you have to game plan for him. But then do you game plan for Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? So I'm actually not going to bet this game as a side or a total. What I think is the smart way to do is I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the public to continue to smash the Chiefs. I mean, excuse me, continue to smash the Bengals. And I'm going to tease the Chiefs. Like, if you give me Kansas City plus nine and a teaser, like, that's just a God's gift. I'll probably bet Pacheco rushing yards over, too, because just in case Mahomes is a little banged up, <laughs> I'm going to take those yards and you know, they're going to run a little bit more. Well, and you know, this probably uh, will be the only time you're ever going to get the chiefs as an underdog or plus money yeah. odds, you know, at home, especially in an AFC championship game. I'm also going to talk about this game without a Patrick Mahomes injury. I don't want that to come into play with, okay, team versus team. This is Bengals versus chiefs. I don't think anybody is stopping the Cincinnati Bengals team right now. And I am officially I am officially here because I have not been during their entire run last year, during their lackluster win against the Ravens this year, going into the Bills game. They boat raced the Buffalo Bills in boat Buffalo race, in a snowstorm, 27 to 10. Now, to your point, 
Bills don't have a great pass rush. Now, they were only able to get to Joe Burrow one time, and the offensive line does have a lot of injuries. But nothing is phasing this team right now. This Cincinnati Bengals team is one of the most complete teams that I've seen in the league this year, and they're coming together at the right time, and it's all because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, and, you know, it's it's so funny. We can talk about Stefan Diggs. We can talk about Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, to me, is the best wide receiver in this league right now for how dynamic he is and what he can do with the ball in his hands. My man has cashed first touchdown. Back-to-back playoff games. You and I said the Stars come out to play in the playoffs. That's why the Stars are cashing these first touchdown bets. And it was another easy first touchdown for Jamar Chase last week. And it really ended up being an easy win for the Bengals, who just came in and completely dominated both lines of scrimmage on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Do I think the Chiefs can get more pressure on Joe Burrow? I do. But I'm not going to be afraid anymore about the Bengals being, well, I was going to say an underdog. But now, I, that's Technically, not the case. they were an underdog when the line opened. So you could still yeah. say it. It's right. fair. <laughs> How do they handle being that favorite, right? I mean, you said it. The Burrow has owned this team. He is 3-0 straight up against Patrick Mahomes. He is 3-0 against the spread against Patrick Mahomes. If Joe Burrow goes into KC for two years in a row and beats Patrick Mahomes and goes to the Super Bowl, we need to start having a different conversation about who the best quarterback in the AFC is. And I don't think it's ridiculous to say that. But this, this game... I was talking to my dad the other day. This game is more than just who goes to the Super Bowl. This reminds me a lot about college football bragging rights. This is who is the best team in the AFC right now. Because if the Bengals win it again, again, for the second year row, in Kansas City, then I think it might be time to start putting the Bengals in that conversation of the best team in the AFC. I'm taking the Bengals. Well, I'm going to say I agree with you. Um, I When the, when the uh, postseason started – my two picks were the Bengals and the Eagles uh, to make the Super Bowl. And that was, you know, before we knew anything about this Patrick Mahomes injury. The one thing that the Bengals do well is they silence the doubters. The Bengals, let me pull up the stat real quick. The Bengals so far are an alarming 5-1-1 one, one against the spread in their last seven playoff games. So not only are they winning some of those games, they were underdogs, but not only the games that yeah. they were favorites, they're covering in those games. Against teams with a winning record, 13-2-1 against the spread. And there's another number that kind of scares me for anybody who wants to back Kansas City money line. 0-5 against the spread in their last five against teams with a winning record. That is terrifying. And normally it's it's the Chiefs being like five or six-point favorites, which is why they struggle. But, I mean, look at when uh, the Chargers played against Kansas City. Kansas City struggled. I think that the Bengals will give them the run for the money. I just don't see the Bengals winning this by 10. Or more, is, which is why I think my favorite play will probably be to tease this game. But I, I have to get, I'd have to wait until the Bengals move to a, a minus two or minus two and a half favorite. If not, I'd probably just sit out and, you know, bet first touchdown on Jamar Chase. Like it's been cashing like candy. Yeah, right. I mean, that that, uh, that will be my anytime touchdown play for sure. Uh, I, I also wanted to mention, like you did, Pacheco did run really well last week. Um, the Chiefs right now have a better running game than the Bills had last week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals defend that. But I'm not putting anything past this Bengals defense. And the Chiefs last week played a very young, talented Jacksonville defense. Uh, the Mahomes situation kind of threw off the entire pace of that game. But my point is, the Bengals have a much more veteran defense. They've been here before. They're here again. I think, I think they're going to find a lot of success. 
against possibly Emma Holmes that I won't say injured, but what I will say is Andy Reid just may have to change his game plan a little bit. Now, that may be a factor. If Mahomes has limited mobility, that really could come into play. But again, I'm not using that as an excuse or a reason as to why I'm picking the Bengals. I think the Bengals are a better team right now. I think that they are the hot team, and it's not a fluke anymore. This Bengals team is good. They believe, and they, and Joe Burrow wants to take him to the Super Bowl again. So I, I just can't bet against them anymore. But yes, tease the Chiefs. I mean, you're getting points. With KC in Arrowhead in a teaser, you take that all day long. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where this line falls. Like, thinking that it opened as Kansas City a three-point favorite, I probably would have taken the Bengals, thinking that if the Chiefs win this game, it's going to be by a field goal last minute, maybe one or two-point game. Um, last thing I'm going to say about the Bengals, and I want to say this because Eli Apple better make sure he plays the game of his life because if he has any adversity, he's going to get roasted on social media. I've never seen someone talk so much trash on social oh, media. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I love the trash talk between the pros, but I just thought it was funny. He better, he would have, he set a very high bar for uh, the trash talk that he was talking. He really did. He, need, he needs to show up. There is no doubt about it. All right, let's go ahead and move into the NFC championship game. We have the San Francisco 49ers after uh, that win against the Cowboys going on the road in Philly to face the Eagles, who just dominated the Giants, who just had no business being in that round of the playoffs, apparently. Um, great performance by the Eagles last week. This one is Eagles minus two and a half. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with my thoughts here. And my pick may be a little bit surprising. I'm going with the road team again. I think we get a 49ers-Bengals Super Bowl. I am riding San Francisco here plus two and a half for a couple of reasons. Number one, again, a team that I consistently doubted, not just last week, but – as soon as Brock Purdy came in as starting quarterback, I continued to doubt what this 49ers team was capable of. But the results on the field speak for themselves. And I'm not saying that the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC or this or that. What I am saying is the 49ers faced a lot of adversity in that Cowboys game early. The Cowboys were outplaying them. The defensive front was getting pressure. Purdy was uncomfortable in the pocket. McCaffrey wasn't getting any carries. They weren't moving the ball on the ground but they found a way to win. That San Francisco defense is absolutely dominating on the line of scrimmage. And it all starts with Nick Bosa, who just knows how to get into the backfield and he knows how to disrupt things. There's a reason that the San Francisco 49ers have the best rushing defense in the league. And the Eagles rely on that running game. And man, they looked good last week. I mean, the, the Eagles running attack looked nearly unstoppable, but the Giants defense and the 49ers defense are two Completely different stories. Second, I'm going with experience, not with Brock Purdy, but it's all about the coaching staff. I think the Eagles have at times looked like the best team this year, and they have looked like the best team in the NFC. But the 49ers are coming off a, a Super Bowl appearance two years ago. Last year, they went into the fourth quarter against the Rams in this game, up 17-7, to somehow gave it away, didn't make it to the Super Bowl. The Niners have been here time and time again. It won't matter that they're on the road. I think they're more talented on defense. And even with Brock Purdy, and I hate to say this because I was all over the Cowboys last week. I thought the Cowboys were going to win that game. But when he gets going and he gets comfortable in that offense and Shanahan starts calling the right plays, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback because you start uh, mixing in Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey, and it's so much to handle. And this this is a 49ers argument. So, so I'm not talking about what makes the Eagles. We know what makes the Eagles great. But I'm going with the Niners, man. I got Niners, Bengals, in the Super Bowl. 
I'm going with the Eagles. Um, and let me first start by saying this. When the Eagles were on that impressive run and everyone was asking were they going to go undefeated, and they went on to lose to the Commanders. I remember I was on a cruise for that. It was actually pretty badass because I, I was in the middle of the Eagles on one side, the Commanders on the other, and I'm just eating my nachos, enjoying making money. But anyways, that was the best thing that happened to them all season. Why? Because if they continued through that trajectory, they were going to lose probably in the first or second round of the playoffs. That set them right. From there, they improved and got better. But what I mean by that is they were able to win different kinds of football games, whether it was a, a tough, grinded out defensive battle, 17-16 versus the Colts, or whether it was a shootout, 30-40 to 40 against the Packers. They showed, they proved that they could do what they needed to be do, what needed to be done to win any kind of way, win ugly or win pretty. This is going to be something that's very interesting. We have the number one uh, rush DVOA offense in the Eagles against the number two rush DVOA defense in the 49ers. We have the number one pass DVOA defense in the Eagles versus the number three pass DVOA offense in the 49ers. I am backing the Eagles because when I saw Brock Purdy and that 49ers offense against the, the Cowboys, who I think have a less than threatening offense, especially on, I mean defense on the back end, it makes me worried a little bit for the 49ers. And another added, you know, kind of downgrade for the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey is dealing with an injury. If he is not 100% and you know you're going to have to try to beat the Eagles on the ground, I just don't see it. The Eagles, they just have something about them that I think it gets overshadowed when teams play them. I think they they expect at some point the Eagles are going to revert to the Eagles of last season. I know the 49ers are not going to take them lightly, but I think that it's not one of those things where the 49ers are going after the Tom Brady Patriots. They're going to go play that game, and they're going to think that they're the even man on the field with them. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go ahead and, and just take it. But let me tell you what, I don't do this often, but I'm going to take Eagles money line and tease 49ers with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's the best teaser you can get. It get you can get it all the way up to 10. It's going to be another close game, and it gives me a little protection. And if that comes to worst, I lose two units. Um, but I, like, I, I think I can win uh, both of those bets. I think one thing we can all agree on is that we have the four best teams in the NFL here yes. right now. Thank, thank God the Bucks didn't slide into this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, too, say what you will about the Bills, but. No, they're more. not the best. Bengals. The Bills. Bills are not there. All the right? Bills always. Miles. No, I think it's the Bills who, like, make those votes at the beginning of the year where they're like, oh, Who's the best team? It's all Bills Mafia voting on the Bills. And so then we think the Bills are the best and they always underwhelm. And like it's excuse after excuse after excuse every single season. I'm so sick of it, Bills. You guys are not as good as you think you are. You need to work on your pass rush. You need to work on your running game. And you need to work on your quarterback's head because he doesn't have to do it all. If he relies on the talent around him, it'll make them a more complete team. I had to get on my soapbox. Love it. I agree. All right. Super Bowl odds, probably the most balanced odds I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. If you're on the video edition, we got the odds up here. Bengals plus 250, Eagles 250, Chiefs plus 260, Niners plus 290. Wow. All of them under plus 300. Uh, who do you got in the Super Bowl and who do you got winning it? 
Um, I have the Bengals versus the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and I have the Bengals winning it. I want the Eagles to win so bad, but I just think that the Bengals versus Eagles game can turn into a shootout. And if it turns into a shootout, I'm going to side with Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. No offense to Jalen Hurts. I just, the experience of having been in a Super Bowl is so huge when you finally get on that stage. Like, we know that every Bengal was nervous last year. This year, it's a business trip. We talked about that last time. They're going to come out and take care of business. All right, I like it. I got Bengals 49ers in a matchup that is destined to be because the Bengals are 0-2 in the Super Bowl, both against the 49ers. Uh, So I've got a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl rematch. I also have the Bengals winning it all. Like I said, I've been the skeptic. I wasn't sure about their run last year. I wasn't sure about them getting it again this year, but I have no doubts anymore. This Bengals team is ready. There is no fluke, and Joe Burrow is looking to cement himself in the conversation of best quarterback in the league. Listen, I'm not saying he is, but what I'm saying is we have to stop automatically handing the trophy to Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) all right? And I don't want to hear about Mahomes' injuries, and I don't want to hear about him playing with, with an ankle sprain. If Burrow makes this happen, it's time to start putting some respect on his name. And people do that. I'm saying as the best because I'm just tired. I'm tired of it. It, it, It's People were making fun of um, Collinsworth last week because it doesn't matter what Mahomes does. He just praises him for everything he does. And and he's, he's great. But we're talking about two completely different styles of quarterbacks here. And just becomes and just because Mahomes might be a little more crafty, it might do things a little more in an unconventional way, doesn't automatically make him the best quarterback in the league year in and year out. That can change. We can change our opinions here. I think Bengals. I have a different opinion. I, I I I don't think that if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, I don't think that's going to submit him as the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, I, 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 I didn't say Mahomes. that. I think that is Patrick. I, I didn't Mahomes. say that. I, I I said it's time to start talking about it and, and put him in. Yeah, that putting some respect. I I get that. I, I get that. And there's no reason why we sh- why he shouldn't be in that conversation. Especially like we always talk about what makes a good quarterback one of the best quarterbacks. It's not what they can do with the weapons they have. It's what they can do without the weapons. And and for Joe Burrow, the weapon that he's missing the most is the offensive line. So and he's done so much without having a good offensive line that I think he is in that conversation. He deserves to be in that conversation. Before Miles, we go go over to something different. I know this wasn't planned, but I just want to go through the the NFL awards since they just released the finalists. And you just tell me, you don't have to say anything crazy. You just tell me who you pick um, for each award. So let's go through. Um, I'm going to start with most valuable player, uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. I go Jalen Hurts for what he's done with the Eagles this year and the turnaround that that team had. Yeah, I know Patrick Mahomes is going to win this award, but I'm with Jalen Hurts as well. Yeah, and people I think he's the pick. People keep saying that Jalen Hurts has all this greatness around him. He has no other choice but to succeed. Are the same people at the beginning of the season who said Jalen Hurts can't lead this team. They're like saying it's like parking a Pinto in a Cadillac parking garage. But he's the Cadillac now, and I think that they should put some respect on his name, just like you think with Joe Burrow, our defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Micah Parsons. Oh, that's tough for me between Bosa and Parsons. So difficult. But Parsons really slowed down in the second half of the year, so I'm going Nick Bosa. I'm going Nick Bosa as well. Um, Michael Parsons slowed down. They also schemed him a little bit differently, uh, so he didn't have as much of an impact as Nick Bosa did. All right, this is a good one. Offensive player of the year, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, I think I'd have to give that to Hertz again. Wow. I'm going Justin Jefferson, even though he slowed down a lot towards the end of the year. I just think breaking the Randy Moss record was that pretty much cemented it for me. I have a Justin By the way, if, if Jamar too, Chase no. doesn't get injured in the middle of the season, then he's he's very much in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that injuries suck. All right, this is a this is a spicy one. Offensive rookie of the year: Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson. <laughs> well, you know, I want to pick my boy Wilson. Uh, it, it it's pretty incredible what Purdy's done. <sighs> Shoot, up to this point, but my man came in more than halfway through the season. I'm going Garrett Wilson. I know he won't win it, but I'm going Bar- Brock Purdy. Um, the only knock I have with Garrett Wilson, and I think some of the voters are going to agree, whether you say it's because of his quarterback or not, Garrett Wilson will always be compared to Jamar Chase and Odell Beckham in this conversation. Only having four t- touchdowns is enough to disqualify him against a Brock Purdy who went undefeated. Not only did he go undefeated, but he led the NFL in total QBR in the time as, of him being a starter. Uh, Kenneth Walker is a great second or third choice. Yeah, I'm just I, I don't I don't have enough. Uh, rookie of the year moments in my bank for, for Kenneth Walker. Let's go to this defensive rookie of the year. This one's probably a, a landslide victory. Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Tyreek Woolen. It's Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Sauce yeah. Gardner is freaking incredible. This is a controversial one. Comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, or Geno Smith. Okay. You know, you can make an ar- a very good argument for, for either of those guys. I mean, looking at Geno Smith though, I, I, I just feel like he is the definition of a comeback player of the year. Now, listen, like like Saquon, it's been great to see him at, at full strength because we really haven't seen that in a while. And he's had such a great year. I'm going to give it to Gino. And the re- he's been in the league completely forgotten. I, I mean, absolutely completely forgotten. <laughs> he was drafted at what seems like decades ago out of West yeah. Virginia on the Jets. Go Mountaineers. Um, let's go. <laughs> I never thought Geno Smith would be a starting quarterback in this league again. Even if I did, I thought it would be just as a journeyman, but he got the Seahawks to the playoffs. I'm going Geno Smith. Yeah. uh, I think Geno deserves it the most. Um, I would probably as a voter though, vote for Barkley just because of the fact that the way Geno Smith ended his season, wasn't a guy who's a comeback player of the year. Who's putting his team in the, in, in the playoffs. For them to have to rely on someone losing to make it to the playoffs when they had firm grasp of the playoffs in their hands and Gino just starts throwing pick after pick after pick, which makes it slip away. That's why I give it to Saquon Barkley. I'm just pretty much out on Christian McCaffrey at this point. Like Christian McCaffrey went into a great situation and he wasn't really yeah. gone. Um, right. So let's move over to, uh, I'm not going to do assistant coach of the year, but even though I'm probably going to vote for D'Amico Ryans and I, I, I hope I no offense to Todd Bowles or anything, but I, I hope that, if Todd Bowles leaves, we get D'Amico Ryans as our as our head coach. That would be freaking awesome. Uh, it's for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But coach of the year, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan. And you can't vote for Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni and um, – who was it? Nick Sirianni and Sean McDermott were not finalists. So it's basically between Peterson, Dable, and Shanahan. It's Doug Peterson for me uh, after the – and Dabble you could also make an argument for because I never thought the Giants would even be good again. It started to feel that way. <laughs> it, but but for me, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach, comes into a Jaguars organization that was completely uh, – just completely in shambles after the Urban Meyer debacle and not only turned around the franchise, 
but turned around Trevor Lawrence yeah. into more of what we thought we were going to see with him. And it turned into a little bit of a, not only a division title, but a little bit of a playoff run. So Peterson. Yeah. I like Peterson. I, and I, and I'll vote for a coach that I'm not voting for. And that's Brian Dable. Like the giants, the giants only beat their win total by two, two wins. Peterson took a team out of the gutter. The giants were in the gutter. Like we thought the giants would have an okay season. They get Saquon Barkley back. Daniel Jones takes the next step. No one thought the Jags were going to be good. And, uh, and he, he made massive strides with them. Thanks for doing that with me. We can move over into our next topic, Miles. Introduce it for us. Yeah, so uh, definitely going to have more college football coming up. Uh, there was so much in the news over the past couple of weeks that we haven't gotten to talk about, so I really wanted to flush it out here, get your thoughts. Let's start with Coach Prime, Deion Sanders at Colorado, and now we can talk not only about him going to Colorado, but what he has done up to this point. For those of you who don't know, Cormani McLean, five-star recruit, committed to Miami. It was done. I mean, it was done for months. Yeah. And then on early signing day, McLean says he's not going to sign. Then was uh, just had us for weeks. We, we, we didn't know where that situation was. He commits to Colorado. What he is doing for that program right now is unbelievable. They were 1-11 last year. <laughs> They've been in the gutter for a long time, long forgotten. But if you ask Joel Klatt, who quarterbacked at Colorado – and he's not wrong, there's great history at Colorado that a lot of people, younger people, us old folks, remember that Colorado <laughs> did used to be good back in the 90s, but these kids today don't know a Colorado that's even competitive. Yeah. I'm glad that Prime went there, and I'm glad that he picked a school like Colorado. Like, I'm happy he didn't go to, like, a Miami, be on the be on the coaching staff for a year or two, which he said he wasn't ever going to do, but this is hypothetical, and then take over a program like that. He's trying to bring back a program. Listen, when he did those videos of him at Colorado, I felt like people had Buffalo pride. Now, year one's going to be tough. And it's not necessarily because of the talent they have. It's because of the schedule that they have. The schedule is brutal. They, and, and it's all about how you start your season, right? They open the season with what? TCU? Yeah. Open the season with TCU. Then Nebraska. They get a little bit of uh, a relief with Colorado State, but you know Colorado State wants to beat Colorado every single time they play. Then Oregon, at Oregon, then versus USC, then at Arizona State, before they get a little bit of a break to Stanford, at UCLA versus Oregon State, and then they end, end their season at Utah. God. Yeah. <laughs> like, six, their non-conference six schedule is brutal. Yeah, six wins is their absolute ceiling. I've got yeah. them more at like four or five. I think they no win more four than games. six. I was hoping that like as we get closer to the season, the hype train keeps building, keeps building, that the line gets pushed up to five and a half. I'm just going to smash the under. But I've seen some very sharp minds already take the under, under four and a half wins. But I just can't do that just because I don't know exactly what DJU is going to look like at Oregon State. I don't know exactly what's going to happen to the Stanford team. I don't exactly know how Arizona State's going to be like, there's too many question marks for me um, or what TCU is going to be like. Like I know TCU is be good, but still they, if Colorado wins game one of the season, it is on and I'm going to be wanting to backtrack my money early. It's going to be awesome to see what he can do there in year one. Uh, another big storyline here. Uh, Jim Harbaugh wanted to talk to you about this again, interviewing with the NFL my question to you is, when does it stop? When does the cycle stop? When does Jim Harbaugh 
settle in at Michigan, and he keeps coming back and proved after this past season that it doesn't matter. He still beats Ohio State, wins the Big Ten, goes to the playoff. So obviously they're not distracted by what's going on here. He's still got this program moving. Yeah. But Jim Harbaugh was in the NFL. He proved he could coach in the NFL. Now he didn't win a Super Bowl. But he went to Michigan to be the hero, to revive the program. And I'm just trying to figure out, because at one point it was, I can't beat Ohio State. Well, you beat Ohio State two years in a row, blown the doors <laughs> off Ohio State two years in a row, and you're still looking to get out? So at what point does this relationship not work anymore? Miles, this is uh, this is funny. It's And, you know, I thought – excuse me. I thought part of it was kind of like leverage, right? Like do we get the leverage of, of him, you know, with the contract issues, with him showing that, hey – I'm I'm still available. I'm still the guy, but I can always leave at any time. It's kind of like when you're when you're dating, not dating, but you're like courting a girl, and you got to make sure she's not talking to any other dudes before you really pop the question. I think he wants to kind of feel like he's available, like he's the guy that people are going to go after, and that Michigan better thank him for what he's doing to that program. But I think at some point it's got to stop, man. Like it's got to absolutely stop. Like we cannot continuously do this. If, if you want to be taken seriously by your players, it's not necessarily being taken seriously by, um, you know, the rest of the rest of the, the, the college football world, because we know they respect them, but it's the players who are, who is really important to me. So I don't know. I feel like he's got to stop doing this at some point. I have no real, like I have no real explanation of why he does it outside of maybe he just wants them to feel like, like I don't know, like feel like he, he's he's needed or something i I don't know man it's strange and he already is a quirky and strange guy uh the fact that he's gone and interviewed with the nfl for two off seasons in a row and did not get a job offer i think there's something to be said for that uh which is odd because again it's not like he hasn't had success in the nfl um but there's also something going on there where he's where he's interviewing for these jobs he goes for them and he's not not, yeah he's he's not getting offers uh because it was well known that if he did get an offer, he was taking it. I thought he was gone. I thought somebody would give him an offer. I thought he would get a job. I thought he came back pretty quickly. Um, but that's where they're at. And now I guess we just it's business, it's business as usual for now. Yeah, I guess so, man. Uh who knows? Like I I, I it just confuses me to see him continuously do this. Let's talk about the last one, Miles. Tee us up. All right. NIL, disaster at the University of Florida. Jaden Rashada, if you weren't following this saga, I am not talking about a five-star recruit. I am not talking about a top 10 recruit. I am talking about your, I'll just say it, run-of-the-mill four-star quarterback prospect. This kid, yes, highly touted recruit. I get it. But we're not talking about like the number one overall (laughs) five-star, Trevor Lawrence. Like, like, we're, We're not talking about that. This kid was promised 13, apparently, promised $13 million from collectives at Florida, which we can have a whole nother 30-minute conversation on what the hell a collective is. Because at this point, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think they do, man. But what we do know is that the the collectives and the coaching are supposed to be two separate things. But somehow they're also supposed to work together. Uh, it's, It's a mess. The reason that I bring this up is because I think that we're going to see more and more of this. I have a couple thoughts. Go ahead. So, first of all, I, 
I don't think I've ever seen publicly a official declaration of wanting out of your letter of intent. Um, <laughs> I haven't which, seen it publicly either, dude. Like, never seen that. <laughs> I, I thought once you signed that thing, it was a binding contract. But I guess yeah. because he was promised $13 million probably at a Buffalo Wild Wings somewhere <laughs> um, by this collective in a conversation, I guess he's allowed to pull out of it. I, I thought those were contracts, but <laughs> – Shoot, like there's, I, I don't know what to think anymore, but <laughs> this is my concern for paying the players. And this, this may just be old man screaming out of cloud here, but old man if miles. I, <laughs> if I'm Florida fans, and, and I know plenty of them, and yeah. I know one in particular who, who is a diehard, if I'm Florida fans, I don't want a kid who doesn't want to play for my school. Yeah. I want a kid who wants to go and play in the swamp who understands what it's like to play in that kind of home environment. I want a kid who's going to want to represent the University of Florida. I want a kid who's going to want to be in Gainesville. You can have both. You can pay a kid a couple mil and still have them want to be there and be a part of that program. Ohio State's doing it right now. Uh, You know, C.J. Stroud's got got a couple million. He's got a Bentley uh, that he's driving around Columbus. He's in that world, but he also wants to be a Buckeye. Jaden Rashada, listen, I don't blame the kid for wanting to get his money, but it just bothers me that, first of all, you were promised $13 million. This is a 17-year-old kid. What is he going to do with 13? (laughs) You want a quarterback? Do you want a kid (laughs) who's earning $13 million to be on your team? That just spells, Brad, I mean, just (laughs) that spells disaster to me. It does. He's not going to know what to do with that kind of money. So if I'm a Florida fan, good riddance. <laughs> Dude, listen. Oh, my God. Like, what the heck? Like, these coaches have said it. They want guys on their team who are chasing championships, not chasing NIL. When I first saw this come across, um, one of my buddies, Daniel, had sent this in our Discord channel, and I was just like, what the f- crap is this? Like, I-, I didn't understand what I was reading. Like, pulls out, like, national yeah. of intent. Like, I hadn't seen that since – I was watching All American on Netflix, which is partly made up because people don't do it. But that is where we come into the problem of paying players. It's going to continuously be like this as long as NIL is not regulated properly. But good riddance if you're a Gator fan, you don't want guys who are chasing money. And you also don't want like that big of a divide. Like that's just too much money because he is going to be the hottest shot on campus. And I don't know where he ended up committing to or where he changed to, but good luck to them because we, we we know this kid is clearly only about the money. Yeah. So, you know, and and that takes something away from college athletics to a point. I am not against the players getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. But when it gets to the yeah. point where they're basically getting these multi-million dollar deals and contracts out of high school to play at college, it, it just it, – it, this is too much. Um, I think there's a better way to do it. I think that there is a better way to regulate it. Um, we just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So like you said, until we do, we're going to continue to see these kinds of stories. Can't wait to talk more about it. Uh, action packed show today, my, my man. Good work. Yes. Yes. Three guys, I forgot weekend. to say this. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button, smash the subscribe button. And wherever you're listening, be sure to download and rate the podcast. For Miles Markowitz, I'm Brad Thomas. Peace out. And I hope you guys have a ton of fun watching sports this weekend.